This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's Obehave with Arden Moore. This show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our special guest today has been a possum health advocate for dogs, cats, and other pets for more than four decades. In fact, he's regarded as one of the leading integrative medicine veterinarians on this entire planet. And he's here today to unleash ways to boost your pet's health. Please join me in giving pause and applause to the remarkable Dr. Marty Goldstein. Hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Marty. It's a pleasure being on here. Anything that could help our so lovely animal kingdom, I'm for. All right. I got to check on that one, too. And guys, uh, listeners, it's fitting that this episode that's being recorded today, April 11th, has been declared National Pet Day. But... In my humble opinion, I think every day should be embraced as National Pet Day. And Dr. Marty... the words out of my mouth. All right. (laughs) And and Dr. Marty's going to show us how right after we take this quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. It's me again. Yep, Arden Moore, host of the Behave Show, doing this commercial. You know what I love? I love my cats. I love pet safety cat Casey. I love my sweet Mikey. And I love one-eyed Morty. Each one has their unique personality. Casey's a pet safety cat and teaches pet first aid. Mikey loves to lounge on the couch and purr in your lap. And one-eyed Morty, he's just a purr, purr, purr machine. Now, you know what I don't love? Cleaning up the litter for Casey, Mikey, and Morty, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties now when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free. It's free of heavy perfumes, and it reduces airborne dander from scooping. Yahoo! So, what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Yes, I do sound a little bit like Stevie Nicks today because I'm uh, fighting a sore throat after talking two eight-hour sessions uh, teaching pet first aid to folks. So you get to hear my Stevie Nicks voice today, listeners. But more important, you get to hear from our special guest. Now, I consider Dr. Marty Goldstein one of the world's top veterinarians. And if I read all of his accomplishments 
we literally would not have time to talk with him on this show. So just a quick digest, Reader's Digest version. Dr. Marty Goldstein is the author of the perennial best-selling book, The Nature of Animal Healing. He has appeared on zillions of shows. Well, I might be exaggerating zillions, but we're talking about Good Morning America, The Martha Stewart Show, and Oprah Winfrey Show. And he has spearheaded a mission to boost the health of pets for the past 40-plus years. He has brought thousands of pets deemed to be terminally ill back to health. Hey, I salute you, Dr. Marty. That's quite an accomplishment. Well, thank you. All right. It's just so, a labor of love. It's just a labor of love. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't when, do it to accomplish stuff. I just love animals. And I, you know, I just learned about true health care after I graduated Cornell in the 70s because I was losing my own health. It's nothing more than common sense. Well, let's talk about that because, you know, I was doing a little research on you and you had a weight issue. You had some uh, stomach issues. You had a lot of things that wouldn't make you uh, win Healthy Man Award. A lot of it is dealing with what you put in your mouth. We're talking about food, making smart food choices. Yeah, I mean, that's what did it for me. Most of my conditions were genetically linked. They ran on my mother's side of the family and all the males. Mm -hmm. So I accepted it as, you know, I was dealt a bad hand of cards. And it was just fear and vanity in my 20s, you know, with chronic arthritis or bursitis and this kind of condition, the birthmarks were on my body, that I just started to search a little bit alternatively. And the first thing I did was pick up a book on macrobiotic diet. Oh, there you go. What's this, what's this <laughs> weird stuff? <laughs> Way back in the 70s, but it actually said words in there that I was looking for. Like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to degenerate. And I changed my diet. I was always overweight. And I literally lost like 20 pounds in eight days. And oh, my gosh. I tried. Yeah, I tried everything before that. But then my arthritis went away. And I started to see the relationship between what we put in our mouth and what happens in the body. And then the, the common sense thing was to try it on our family pets, and lo and behold, it worked. And it was like, whoa. Well, you know, major light bulb went off. There are nowadays folks that are called integrative veterinarians where they are taking the conventional medicine with a holistic and all that, but you were doing it well before there was even that term, wouldn't you say? Yeah, when I got out, you know, holistic veterinary medicine didn't exist. And I think one of the problems in society, and this happened with me in the initial phases, when I became aware of alternatives, you know, my pendulum was swinging all the way from one side of ill health conventional medicine all the way to the other side. Oh, my God, you know, this holistic stuff works and all medicine is bad. But it was just a pendulum. You know, the weight of the pendulum swung all the way to the other side. And what I'm getting to see now is that we're truly in the world of integrative medicine, we do use conventional medicine in our practice every single day because it's needed. So it's right. not one or the other. It's the combination of both. And it went from holistic to complementary. Now it's integrative. You know, I hung out with Andrew Wilde for a while and he said, He's great. I yeah. want this to be called, you know, maybe good medicine. You know, the other words we could use are appropriate medicine or one medicine, or how about Real medicine. <laughs> oh, I like that. Like real news, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, just this is good politics. medicine. It's, it's, it's using the best of both worlds. It's not. There's no competition here. 
of conventional medicine against, you know, alternative medicine. And true holistic medicine is a combination of both. Well, and that said, we do want to let folks know you do practice at the Smith Ridge Veterinary Center in South Salem, New York, correct? Yes, I do. All right. And folks, as a background, yes, he went to this prestigious veterinary school, Cornell, and he became, he got certified in veterinary acupuncture. Uh, but you were also a founding member of the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. So you seem like the kind of vet I'd like to go to because you're, like you say, you're offering good medicine, real medicine, medicine using the best of both worlds. Can we clone you? Is there, have you learned how to do that? Well, what's really good now is that you know, I've gone through literally 35, 38 years of hell and criticism. Yep. 1978, my license was verbally threatened for treating arthritic dogs with glucosamine sulfate. Now they sell you know, <laughs> millions of dollars a year of it. And then I was certified in acupuncture in the mid-70s, and that's when condemnation hit Goldstein sticking needles in animals. Oh, and my gosh. Now 19 of the 34 veterinary colleges embrace it. So you know, it's funny, but... You know, people and especially colleagues come up to me and said, you know, you were so ahead of your time. And I go, what? Acupuncture has been around 3,000 years. I was just 30 years less behind than you were. That's a very good point. Yeah, I think I read I somewhere mean, it, on your it, site, you said you, you have been called a pioneer of integrative veterinary medicine. You've also been called a maverick, a miracle worker, and a quack. But what is constant is you're still here and you have a lot of success stories. Yeah, and, and I was alluding to when you said, can you clone? Now that I'm getting <laughs> accepted, I recently lectured at my alma mater three months ago at Cornell. literally oh. blew them away. But what's really so heartwarming for me is that some of the cases that I now present that are mind-blowing, miraculous turnarounds of documented, hopeless cases, they're not mine. They're my associates that I, I've taught. So what, I, what it just shows is that this is not me. This work can be replicated. This is nature trying to heal the body with the proper support in that direction. It's not rocket science. How do you heal a cut? You sign on to Google? No. <laughs> the body knows how to heal. And we have to just watch out in the medical field about suppressing what nature is doing in the body, especially with harsh chemicals, because disease has a purpose in the body. There was a purpose for a fever. There was a purpose for a discharge. And what I've learned over the years is to respect what nature is doing in the body in mm -hmm. reference to disease, signs, or symptoms, and try to support them when they go out of hand. Yes, use regular medicine, but if they're not out of hand, support them with what are called nutraceuticals or nutritional supplements and allow nature to work so the body can heal itself. Give me an example, because you said you spoke at, at Cornell. Do you have one of these cases you can share for our listeners? I have about, about 40,000 I could share. Okay, well, <laughs> folks, we're going to be now on a marathon session with Dr. Marty Goldstein. <laughs> Hang on, guys. We'll be done in a week. No, I'm just kidding. Just give me a couple <laughs> examples, because I think yeah, people I, would love to hear there's that. There's one I would like to share. Okay, good. And I actually wrote about her in my book. It was a, a boxer named Ginger. That okay. came to me, she was hypothyroid. She had, as a boxer, all boxers in those days had tumors, and she oh. was arthritic. And we worked on her for about two and a half years. Okay. And she was doing really well. Uh, she came in at the age of 11, and I did a routine blood sample, and her white blood count was five to eight times normal. That what? is scary. Wow. 
called lymphocytic leukemia. Oh no! And I, but she was doing well because we worked on her for two and a half years, and I kept on taking blood samples, and I verified this, and I just documented. And for the next six months, her white blood count, normal, is about seven to ten thousand, mm-hmm. was between fifty-eight and ninety-five thousand. And they were all lymphocytes. So we had a confirmed diagnosis of lymphocytic leukemia. And then all of a sudden, six months after I made the first diagnosis, which could have gone back at least nine months before because I hadn't taken a blood sample in a year, Mm -hmm. she ran a fever of 106.8. Wow. I was in California and she she went to a local vet that I know well. She had green mucus coming out of her nose and she had on an x-ray pneumonia. And they asked me permission to put her on an antibiotic. And they said, you called me for that? Of course you put her on an antibiotic. <laughs> I came home two days later and her temperature in those days, it was a shakedown thermometers. Oh yeah, that's right. And it buried at 107.4. Oh my gosh. And, but she was still alive. We talked about, you know, helping her cross. And, but she, you know, her caretaker, Pat said, no, she's not suffering. I, I would like her to pass on her own if she's going to do that. And at this time, all the lymph nodes in her body swelled up. So now she had lymphoma, lymphocytic oh, leukemia. And I stopped the antibiotics because they weren't working. And I took blood samples and she called the next day. And I thought she passed overnight. And she said, no, she's actually a little better. I took her temperatures down to 104.5, and her white blood count went from 90,000 down to 7,400, perfectly normal. Oh, my and gosh. All her lymph nodes shrunk, and then she lived another three and a half years and died at almost 16 years old. And I really got to see that this was nature at work. This was a fever of over 107. Which is high. Is it at 102.5, kind of the top end of a healthy... Yeah, normal is 100 to 102.4, considered normal. And I got to see the purpose of this fever, but you know what? It came after we worked on it for two and a half years. And in my book, I wrote a chapter called The Healing Crisis. And it's how nature creates disease as a reversal of the process that it went through to gain the disease. And everyone in the world should read chapter six of my book. So they get to assign purpose to an illness instead of just saying, oh, my God, I'm suffering. It's a punishment. Right. And again, folks, the book is called The Nature of Animal Healing. It is a huge perennial bestseller. So I am so glad that Ginger got to be cared for by you. I know there's a lot of things that we can talk about today, Dr. Marty, but I did want to ask you, one of the things I heard that you really wanted to cover are the three essential nutrients every pet should have for a healthy, long life? What would you say they are? Number one, food. And if you, what I always say is if the pet food industry was created by scientists that studied the way dogs and cats ate in the wild, they never would have created pet food as we've come to know it. So many of the real big pet foods on the market have been 50 to 64% processed cereal byproducts. And a dog, and especially a cat, the obligate carnivore, Almost, you know, their diet is almost exclusively meat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though they're no longer in the wild, show me one tooth <laughs> in a dog or cat's mouth that is flat for grinding corn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think it all starts with food. And then as far as, 
the supplements, like if I see a healthy dog or a healthy cat coming into our practice, what I would do is I would start them on a transition to a good diet, preferably raw because they didn't cook in the wild. And then my favorite of the supplements right now is a very good probiotic, prebiotic, and digestive enzyme, especially if they're not eating raw food, because as soon as you heat any food, it destroys the enzymes, and a really high-quality omega-3-packed fish oil or krill oil. Okay, good. And those are my, my three nutrients. You know, you know what's really funny? What's that? When I started to do all this work, and I was probably among the, the first two or three holistic veterinarians in the United States, there was one supplement for animals in the United States. It was made by a drug company, and it was a vitamin mineral. Do you know how many supplements there are for animals right oh now? Oh, my gosh. I can't. A zillion. A zillion. Yeah. I just came and, back from you know, a global pet expo. Oh, yeah. There you and go. And the big hot topic <laughs> is CBD oil. Everybody is now proclaiming, and some of these things aren't tested. Everybody thinks it's a miracle thing, but I think someone of your caliber, you really have to read the label, right? How was it processed? Yeah, you, you have created? to know what you're doing. Is with CBD oil, you especially have to know how to dose it. So, you know, I could spend six hours going over different supplements that I've come across in my career that I'm not going to do. But my three favorite nutrients is a very, very high quality, you know, especially meat-based raw diet, a high quality fish oil, and then a very good, you know, it'd be a combination of probiotic, prebiotic, and digestive enzyme. That's what I would start with. When you're talking about a meat-based a raw diet, I know that there are ones out there that are dehydrated. What's your thoughts? Because some folks are a little, little nervous about accidentally contaminating with the raw things. But what's your take on some of the things that are the freeze-dried or whatever? Yeah, it's a great question. I right now do have my own line of a freeze-dried raw diet for dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. And it's safety for the FDA because you will not have that bacterial salmonella E. coli contamination. which is good. And you're retaining almost all the nutritional qualities of the food. What I really like about the food that I created in association with this amazing company is that the testimonials that are coming in from all over the United States, literally some dogs and cats that were on their deathbed, anorectic and this and that. And within one week on the food, they're enjoying life, running around and stuff like that. Ideally, a good raw diet that has not been freeze-dried would be the best, but there was no way I was going to make an impingement on society (laughs) by shipping raw meat frozen all over the United States. When you freeze-dry something, the ability to get it out to the masses is so much greater because the weight goes down, the ability to ship goes down. You don't need refrigeration and this and that. So that was my way of really getting this out to the masses. And I do want folks at this time, do you want them to dash over after the show to the drmartypets.com website? I think that's where you have a lot of the products and things available for them. Is that the best website for them? As far as the products go, yes. And like I said before, what I really like about the affiliation I have right now is the absolute geniuses that I'm working with, you know, in the the supplements we're creating. And I've been doing this for a long time. Like you said, over 40 years, I know supplements back and forth, even though I don't know every supplement 
that exists. This company I'm dealing with, they are finding supplement components for my supplements that I'd never heard of before, fully backed by research in the human field and the animal field. And I'm just so ecstatic in life right now that I'm putting out supplements that are not like the other 35 in the same category. That sounds good. Hey, folks, we are speaking with Dr. Marty Goldstein. He is an amazing veterinarian. He practices integrative medicine, which means he gets the best of all worlds. Sometimes you need surgery, and sometimes you need good holistic medicine. It's kind of like you're uh, an orchestra conductor for pets. Um, We're going to talk about how he creates harmony for these folks after we take this quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet hey, everybody. I'm Rachel Ray. And you're listening to OB Hayes with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OB Hayes. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the OB Hayes Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I got to tell you, I've heard of Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've read stuff by him, but I've been in the pet field for 20 years, and this is my first opportunity to have a conversation with you, and I've been really enjoying what you've been saying, Dr. Marty. Well, the funny thing is, I've been called a lot of things in my career. (laughs) We could spend the rest of the show in just me sharing those names. I've never been called an orchestra leader for the pets. Well, there <laughs> you go. I just, I just gave you that because you're creating health harmony. How about that? Yeah, I mean, that's great. Thank you. All right. That's why I is a writer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about cats. I know we're talking about food and we're talking about a little bit supplements and the, the omega-3 fish oil or krill oil. Help us here because cats are not small dogs. And, you know, in my household, I got married a year and a half ago, so I have a furry Brady Bunch, three cats and three dogs. Everybody gets along. But uh, the dogs are always heading to the water bowl. We have one of those moving motion uh, water fountains for the kitties. We always use bottled water. But talk a little bit about cats because people say they don't drink enough water. And when we were getting you on the show, you wanted to clarify a little bit about how maybe what's in their diet could add to their ability to stay hydrated. Yeah, usually excessive drinking of water is a very bad sign or symptom 
Mm-hmm. It, especially in the cats, because the number one killer of cats is kidney failure. And the, one of the first signs you'll see is excessive thirst and urination because just the kidneys ain't working anymore. One of the byproducts of the metabolism of good food is water. Water and carbon dioxide comes off when you make good food and when you metabolize properly good food. So a cat raised on a very good, healthy diet or species-appropriate diet, because a cat is an obligate carnivore, right. they're not going to be needing to drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. We've gotten used to it because we've created the dry food complex, which yes. is, you know, the pet food industry has actually taken responsibility for creating the disease in cats called cardiomyopathy by taking poor food compounds, byproducts, baking the hell out of it, turning into a powder, and then excluding it into, into crunchies, and they destroyed the amino acid taurine and the amino acid L-carnitine, and we created severe heart disease in cats by the pet food industry. And when this food is dried, like, you know, it, it turns back into a powder, it dehydrates the body. So the body has to drink a lot more water to rehydrate itself. You put a cat on a, a raw meat diet, their requirement for water goes way, way down. So don't feel obsessed that, oh, my cat has to drink more water. Like the human, we should be drinking eight glasses a day. Mm-hmm. Animals are not like that in nature. Okay. And what do you think about the canned food versus the kibble issue? It sounds like if they're not able to do afford, let's just say, raw meat diet, if they went with a species-appropriate canned diet, or what's your thoughts on that versus just throwing I would a bunch of kibble? Choose I would personally choose canned because you open up a can, mm-hmm. you're going to see the food, you know, especially if it's a high quality food. You know, there are some very high quality dry foods on the market. Oh, but the okay. unfortunate thing is that the high quality ingredients in order to make it a dry food usually has to go through what's called the extrusion process, which is heating it at high temperature and compressing it into these little little tablets so you're getting a destruction of a lot of the nutrient compounds that are in there. And to meet APCO regulations under the FDA, a lot of times the vitamins, minerals, and all that stuff that's added back in are in synthetic forms, which actually detract vital energy from the body. You know, it all goes down to food. Yep. You should be feeding them food that they were intended to eat in nature. All right. Now, we've talked a little bit about three essential nutrients a pet should have for healthy light. What about some other things? I mean, when I teach my pet first aid classes, I actually, Dr. Marty, have pet safety dog Kona and pet safety cat Casey. He's an orange tabby. We go all over the country. (laughs) We teach veterinary approved pet first aid. And I have a policy that says, why does it have to be scary? Because I am a little bit of a goofball at heart. So we have a little fun, but we're learning. But what I'm saying is, When I do, at the end, I do a a head-to-tail wellness assessment, and everybody does that on Casey and Kona. Oh, my dog. Casey and Kona love when the students come up and do therapeutic massages up and down the spine and looking for lactic acid and things like that. But tell us the importance of touch, of massage, what we can do instead of tapping a dog on a head or patting a cat. What can you share with our, our listeners it doesn't cost any money, but it sounds like touching with a purpose is a much better option. 
Well, first of all, there are probably even more than I'm going to say. But when I first learned acupuncture, 365 acupuncture points on the body, like oh, wow. each day of the year, there are actually more than that. And I've seen, and many veterinarians now certified in acupuncture have seen miraculous response by stimulating either with a needle or aquapuncture by injection or when you massage an acupuncture point, miraculous effects in the body. So, you know, the body is a network of energetic points. Good point, yeah. And proper massage, chiropractors work on the back. And the back has, it's called the bladder meridian in acupuncture. It's two flows of energy on each side of the spine. And along that bladder meridian are what are called association points. And each one hooks to an internal organ in the body like the bladder, the kidneys, the small intestine, and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you have a pain in your back or your pet has a pain in their back, it could be a reference to something going on internally. And if you gently massage that area so it feels good, oh, that feels good, (laughs) you may be actually sending energy back to that organ and making the body healthier, not even knowing what you're doing, thinking it's just massage. So you are correct. You're bonding with your pet. You're petting with a purpose, I guess. Maybe that's the best way of saying it, by using like your fingertips massage, right? Absolutely. And if you're going down their leg or their back, and you feel a tight muscle bundle, just like if it was you and someone massaged it out, you're going to feel better. You're going to have more lymphatic flow, you know, and when you feel better physically, you feel better mentally. And we do know mind over matter, it really helps the health state. I say amen, Dr. Marty. You are my number one. Common sense. I know it's just common sense. sense. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because you also are a lot about giving back. So can you tell us a little bit about your connection with the Freedom Service Dogs of America? Yeah, it's just there are so many different organizations that I would like to support. Mm -hmm. You know, when you deal about the Freedom Service, it's just, you know, you're helping at such a higher level global level so um, when my group and i got together which one should be because i do have my own foundation it's kind of laying dormant right now but we're really going to get it fired up but you know it's just the people that that service our planet to try to keep it as safe Mm -hmm. and and there let's look at at how the pet you know the companion animal fits in to the human race I look at it, you know, we we have all these things we do in life. You know, we try to keep ourselves fit. We get married so we could have a family. We have a group that we work with. And then we have the higher dynamics. You know, we have the human race and we have the godly aspect, you know, whatever you believe in, in the spiritual world. And look what the animal is. It represents to the human race the level of unconditional love. Absolutely. And unfortunately, what we've done, I graduated Cornell in 1973. There was approximately one out of 10 dogs got cancer. And it was always a disease of the old. So if we saw a young dog with a lump, we eliminated the possibility of cancer just by the age. Mm -hmm. The last statistic that's been out there is one out of every 1.61 dogs in the United States will get cancer. And it's become very common in the younger dog. So what we're doing, if you look at this more globally, is we're turning this level of unconditional love, what they represent to us, into cancer. And it's putting a spin 
on the human race. Do you know how many people I have dealt with over the years, even celebrities that have to stop filming a film because their dog or cat has cancer or right. this, or people have to not work or they go bankrupt, you know, trying to, you know, pay for the chemotherapy and this and that. So we're actually, this human animal bond is so powerful and it's probably more powerful on the animal side, helping the human and the human helping the animal. Right. And, you know, anytime we could support that with groups that will serve both of those, that's what I'm for. We, we, you know, we, our human race is suffering because of what we've done to the animal kingdom. Well, hopefully we're going to make a comeback in that vein because we are going to clone you, Dr. Marty Goldstein. We're going to find a way and you're, <laughs> and you're going to live forever. You're going to be called Dr. Marty Methuselah Goldstein. How's that? Well, what's interesting is right now I have three beautiful daughters. The oldest is still in high school, about to go to college, and I'm 58 years older than my youngest daughter. Wow. So I'm staying around a long time. I like I like that. And I do want to, we have to get a little bit of a celebrity crush here. One thing we do have a little bit in common is that Oprah has voted on my show, Oh Behave, as one of her top three pet podcasts for two years in a row. Ooh. I I never got a car, Dr. Marty, never. But you have worked with her. You have worked with folks like Martha Stewart. These are two genuine, amazing animal lovers. Anything you want to share about working with them and their pets? Yeah, these are there's the phone that I thought I hung up on. But yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, they are two huge animal lovers. I mean, that, that is so obvious. One great thing was, you know, I had my own show that Martha gave me for six years. It was on the Sirius Satellite Network. It was called Ask Martha's Vet. And it was great. And, she, you know, she is a huge animal lover and really helped get the message out. And then, you know, Oprah, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, she called me. I was actually going to my third Martha Stewart show at the Sirius Studios in New York City. And I was in Grand Central Station. And I never used a cell phone. And all of a sudden, a telephone call came in from Africa. And it was Oprah calling me at Grand Central Station. I couldn't really, you know, I, I couldn't speak to her. And I said, Oprah, I'm sorry, I really can't speak to you because Martha Stewart gave me my own show and I have to go in there. And she said, really? Ah. <laughs> and then, you know, I called her after the show and we talked about Sophie. Sophie had four major problems and needed her gallbladder removed. And then she liked what she heard. She flew Sophie in. And we kept her on intravenous vitamin C for four days. I have emails from Oprah saying, I am in disbelief how well my dog is doing on your program. Oh, that is so wonderful because it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or you feel like Correct. your dog teaches you like a rock star. I think what, you know, this just is the commonality, the common thread, because whether you're Oprah, Martha, Marty, or Joe Lunchbucket, I mean, look what pets do for us, right? That's the biggie. And it's a... I've dealt with so many celebrities, and, oh, obviously animal lovers, but it's about every everyday America, you know, and the, the, you know, the food that I came out with, the supplements I came out, it was how to reach everyday America, not, you don't have to be a celebrity to get the benefit of what I've learned over my last 45 years. That's the biggie. That is a biggie. So at this point... Is there any parting message you'd like to tell our listeners? We have a few hundred thousand, and they're not all my relatives. So what would you like? <laughs> so if you could wave a magic wand to everybody that's blessed to have a pet in their life, is there something you'd like to tell them? Yeah. I would like to share my two associates with them. Okay. 
And I've, you know, what's made me as successful as I am is that I actually bonded with two associates just a year or two outside of, of Cornell. Okay. And one associate is called Nature because she knows what she's doing in the body. She's 100% conscious. So we have to get in touch and assign a purpose to what nature is doing in the body, not necessarily think that every symptom nature creates is bad and we have to suppress it with the medication. Right. And the other one is my buddy, like I mentioned before, common sense, <laughs> where you actually step back. And instead of, you know, because disease will send you, you know, totally out of effect. You hear that word cancer in your companion animal and you freak out and you lose aspects of common sense. And I developed who I am in my practice by stepping back and saying, what should a dog eat? What should a cat eat? Why does this cat have a fever? Why is there a discharge? Why is there mucousy diarrhea? And I started to use common sense to put a purpose on stuff that I didn't learn at vet school. That so is, that is any, very anyone powerful. Anyone that has a pet, use those two associates, nature and common sense, and we're golden. I think uh, you said it perfectly. I am honored and delighted, folks, to have Dr. Marty Goldstein on our show as our special guest today. At this time also, I want to salute our producer. Doc, uh, he's not a doctor, but he is a wizard of pause. <laughs> We're talking about Mark Winter. He is the executive director of all the shows on the Pet Life Radio Network, which is the number one listened to pet radio network on the planet. And I'm going to say probably the moon, too. I can, I can yeah. get bold about that, right? Don't you think, Dr. Marty? <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> but um, And I also hope you guys can follow me on uh, Facebook. It's uh, it's easy. It's just Art and More. My mother gave me a very unusual first name. And you can also follow Dr. Marty. It's uh, official Dr. Marty on Facebook. And he has an Instagram, Dr. Marty Goldstein. So check out what the good doctor is up to because he is continuing his lifelong mission to bring out the healthy best in our pets. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.